Building an online business is more than branding, content, and sales. It's what happens behind the scenes during the highs and lows that make or break your business. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and this is The Kim Doyle Show. I'll be sharing my own journey of 10 plus years growing an online business, as well as talking to entrepreneurs who are on the ground, creating, building, and showing up every day. Remember, do business as only you can do. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. I don't know if I need to keep saying I'm Kim Doyle, host of The Kim Doyle Show, but until I come up with something better, I'm Kim Doyle, your host of The Kim Doyle Show. And today, yeah, this is going to be a little bit personal, but today's episode is episode four of The Kim Doyle Show. And the title is When It's Over Before It Starts and Other Life Lessons. Little side note, I'm hoping it's not too loud outside my office. They're going to be paving the street. Right now I can hear the blowers and all that good stuff. So hopefully it's not too loud. I apologize. I will do what I can in editing to keep that uh, keep that down to a minimum and, and uh, give you the best audio quality. Anyways, I digress. So it's taken me a little bit of time to process this and figure out how I wanted to go about sharing the news. I knew in my gut that I would probably end up doing a post, but I wasn't sure as to whether or not I would do a podcast. You know what is funny, guys? When it comes down to whether or not I I choose to do a podcast, it really depends on, on where I'm at with how I feel about something, right? There are some people that just choose to, I'm going to share everything as I'm going through it. And that works for me. And that's great. That does not work for me. Um, Because I also know that the bigger picture for me when it comes to sharing content online that is coming from a personal place. And this is totally business related to you guys, but obviously we can't remove ourselves from our experiences, right? So we have thoughts, feelings, opinions, views, all that stuff. And and you know that how you feel about something when it's fresh versus how you feel about something a month later is very different. And I prefer to come from the, the, the place on the other side of things, right? So that I've gotten through it and I can look at it a little bit more objectively. Now I can tell you <laughs> probably 20 years ago, I would have handled this very differently. That being said, um, you know, I thought about this and the more I sat with it, I realized that a podcast was the way to go. So here we are. I'm going to warn you again that this might be a little personal, but I figure you guys are with me for the long haul, right? And this whole self-awareness piece has really, I, I keep pulling that into everything I do, to be honest with you. I look at, you know, how do, how does this make me feel to do this this way? Or how does it make me feel to to show up this way? And there are times that I'm just, I'm not going to go there, right? But this is not one of those cases. So all build up and drama aside, what the bucket am I referring to, right? What is this news? And the news is that lead surveys is done, as in over, shut down, no more. So we made the decision to shut it down only two months after it had been finally released to the world. This is a project that started coming to fruition in November of 2016. So it was a long year and a half. Um, There are a lot of reasons for this, and some I'll never know, truth be told. 
And I'm going to explain this, you know, a little bit more as we go. But what I've learned and how I've handled this and where I'm heading now is more the direction that I want to take this podcast, right? And there's the other reason that I can't share some of this with you is simply because I don't have the answers. Um, you know, this, this came about, let me see if I can explain this, is that I just started having this feeling, you know, the last year, 2017 was um, a, a challenging year for my former partner. And it was for me as well. Like I had some stuff going on personally that kind of kept interjecting. And then he had some pretty major serious health issues that literally kind of sent the second half of the year sideways for him, truthfully. And zero judgment on that. I totally understand that. Um, And I'll talk about it a little bit later too. But you know, it's probably one of those things that it it should have just never moved forward, to be honest with you, in hindsight, right? And hindsight is 2020. Um, but I just started having this feeling that he wasn't interested in it anymore. There were, you know, different things involved where, you know, start, I don't know, the surveys didn't look the way I thought they were going to look. But even that, and, and you just don't know, because the thing is, it's like you think when you're not somebody who codes or develops or no software, you know, there's this whole minimum viable thing, right? At the same time, if you're going to expect people to use something, I do think it needs to look a certain way. But again, you guys, this was all thoughts and opinions, right? I don't have facts. I don't have data on things that work and, and don't in terms of when you're doing, you know, a quote unquote startup or whatever. And I'll, I'll get into lessons learned later, but you know, the truth is I, I had said to him, I, I started, you know, I was sending bug reports and, and notes and blah, 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 and just had this gut feeling. You guys, I really felt mm, he's just not into this. I'm getting a feeling it was taking longer to get responses. And so I just said, look, I just need you to be direct. If you're, if you're done, you're done. Like, like I can't keep asking people to to try it, to test it, to use it, whatever, right? And you guys, please know with every ounce of my being that this is not about fault or blame because there's two. I There was two of us involved. I'm sure there were expectations of me from his part that felt let down. I don't, I don't know because again, I didn't get those answers. And, you know, so not that there was necessarily much more discussion um, but I, I will tell you the whole ghosting or going dark thing is pretty much beyond my control. So if somebody chooses not to respond or ever get back in touch, that is, there's zero I can do about it, right? I'm I'm not going to hound people. And that truly is a huge pet peeve of mine personally, because just be direct. I don't think you need to be a jerk. I don't think you need to be nasty. Be direct. The disappearing and going dark thing really makes me crazy. But the bottom line is, I don't know that anything else needed to be said, truthfully, um, when we kind of came to this conclusion. And I have plenty of my own ideas and best guesses about things with him. Uh, I think there was probably a lot personally that led to this decision. It wasn't strictly a business decision. It was just, I, I think it should have probably been called by the end of last year, it was just not happening. And, but you know, six of one. And, and so 
I'm just at a point in my life now where I really don't rehash things over and over. <laughs> it's a total waste of energy. I'm not saying I don't do it, you guys, but at some point you you cut the cord, right? It's like, this is doing me no good. And I have moved from the place of knock it off, like being harsh with myself to, okay, this isn't going to do any good to just pivoting, turning the page, right? The other piece with rehashing and playing the what if game is because here's the other side of that. And I've talked about this on the podcast at one point or another, but my therapist always says to me, if you're going to play the what if game, you have to play it on both sides. So there is this, well, what if, what if it had been great? What if, you know, there's all these what ifs of what could have been, but then you have to flip it. And what if it made my life hell? Oh, and and I'm going to talk about some of the things I started to notice and lessons I've learned, but I started seeing glimpses of things that really wouldn't have fit into the life that I want. So at this point, I just, I trust rehashing things really prevents you from moving on. Fortunately, I had my parents 50th wedding anniversary party, literally the day after he finally got back to me. And I know I've got so, so much for being subjective, right? I'm making those little digs, but <laughs> Again, you guys, I hate the ghosting. Even if you need time to think about something, just say, I got your email. I just need a couple of days. That's all. But again, probably thinking, never going to see or talk to you again. Who cares? So who knows? Anyways, but I, I was actually really grateful um, <laughs> to have this party because I was gone Friday through Sunday. And, you know, we had, there were out of town guests in Friday, big party Saturday night. We all did brunch together Sunday. It was, it was such a nice reprieve to, not have to show up, but it was like, it's not optional for me not to show up for my parents. They're two of the most amazing people I know. And so it was such a, uh, it was just such a pleasure to spend that weekend focusing on them, making sure everything went off well, having a just joyful time with people. It was, it was really, really nice. So I mean, it was an amazing evening. It went too fast, but usually, you know, anything that you plan and prepare for, I remember feeling that about my wedding. I was like, God, we've been planning this for like a year. It's over, right? Um, but anyways, you know, so that was a nice, just, I got to turn it off for a weekend and then process it. And the real truth, honestly, you guys, is there's a little bit of a relief on my end. Um, I continued moving forward with my brand and everything last year and, and I'm super grateful that I did. So as that started picking up and doing all the things with content, everything started picking up. It's like, I really felt like I had sort of found a sweet spot in. And so there was a bit of relief. And lastly, in, in terms of, the partnership. Um, I just, I, I have zero interest in, like I said, blame, shame, any of that. It's a, it's a total, there were two people involved, certainly not exonerating myself. And I just wish him nothing but the best. Um, it was an interesting experience and I learned a lot. So that being said, let's go ahead and jump into learning because <laughs> Here's some of the lessons in this for me and and how I'm going to approach this guys is lessons from this specific experience. And then I have done a little bit of reflect, a lot of reflecting on more of a life lesson that this has kind of come brought to fruition, if that makes sense. So 
the first thing, I just need a little bit of coffee here. I've had the strangest week with my sleep. I don't know what it is. I'm like wide awake until one o'clock. No idea why. I go to bed earlier, probably need to shut off, you know, devices, um, reading and stuff at night. But anyways, coffee is much appreciated this morning. So here are some of the lessons in this for me. The first thing is that it is time for me to fly solo. (laughs) No more partnerships. I may do collaborations, but partnering with people in business is done. And, and I've also learned enough that I'm, I never say never, right? So I'm not saying never again, but for the foreseeable future, it is time for this girl to stand up and own it. And I, there, there's something, I don't know what it is. I was talking to a girlfriend yesterday. What's up, Marita? And we, we kind of had parallel experiences in terms of, trying to make something work that wasn't working. Hers was with a partner, a life partner and significant other. And, you know, we just were having this conversation and it's interesting that I mostly, I don't know, we, we all struggle, right. And to, to struggle with, you know, enough, I am enough. And I, I have my own armchair psychology opinions on some of those things. And, and really, I think, that I treated, I don't know, I think I looked at partnerships often as I'm not enough to do it on my own, which most people who know me or come across me would think, really? But it's it's totally true, guys. It's, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's something I've struggled with most of my life and I'm done. <laughs> so the struggle might be there, but it doesn't matter. I'm moving on. So it is time for me to fly solo and I'm super excited about that. I also think <laughs> it is absolutely imperative to have deadlines and milestones when you're working with something else, with someone else. And I specifically mean even with the collaboration. I have a project that I am collaborating on with my friend uh, Arlene Battisil, who is pretty dame, dang. I was about to say damn and dang at the same time. It didn't quite come out right, but she's amazing. And she is a get shit done kind of person. However, we both have our own businesses and projects we're doing. So we, we constantly do a check-in and it's, it's, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just let, let's cards on the table. What's happening? Where's everything at? That kind of thing. And are very conscious of not setting a specific date on that, but we, we are doing check-ins, but I think I look back and it's quite possible this project would have fallen apart, right? Lead surveys, like I said, would have been done last year had we set concrete dates or had things broken down into phases of completion at this time, this, at this time, this, and you, you just learn, right? So that's highly valuable. And, you know, I've done other collaborations with people where I work better with, with deadlines and accountability. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't tell me I have to, you know, work the next 72 hours straight because (laughs) it's not going to happen. But I like to work backwards and stuff like, okay, this is the date because the other, the other piece of this is that I realized that oftentimes you set a date and I, it's kind of, uh, Ogmandino wrote the greatest salesman in the world. And he said one of the, it's a great quick little read if anybody likes this type of stuff. And it's, it's kind of a parable and there are 13 scrolls and one of the scrolls was, they're all sort of wisdom, right? One of the scrolls was 
better to aim for the stars and hit only a rock than aim for the rock and hit the ground or something to that effect. You guys haven't read it in a long time. But you know what I'm saying? It's better to have something. I I think when things are left open-ended, they don't get done. And I've had previous, you know, collaborations or like a course or project that I wanted to do with somebody. And, you know, it's like, well, I I can't work that way. And it's like, well, I can't work open-ended. So you got to find that happy medium that works for both people. Because more often than not, I acquiesce. Is that the correct word? Look at my vocabulary today. Um, but I step back and go, oh, okay, that doesn't work for you. Okay. And I, I just too accommodating. And that's why it's time for me to fly solo. I don't want to accommodate other people's schedules. And you guys, I don't mean life circumstances. Stuff happens. I'm not a complete hard ass, right? But I don't want to, I don't want anything I'm doing to be contingent on someone else, period. <laughs> so there's that, right? Um, The other thing that was a huge lesson for me is that it's probably not a good idea for me to partner or collaborate on something I know nothing about. As much as I love software, I can hardly look at it and make any sort of intelligent assessment on how long something should have taken, the quality, the the difficulty. There's no, I, I can give you nothing. I can tell you I like the way it looks and how it works, or I don't. That that's pretty much it. And because, you know, as this was happening, a lot of people uh, personally and said, oh, well, do you want to keep this? And I'm like, no, mainly because the only way that I would do this is if I had a boatload of capital in the bank, could hire a project manager and and hire people to deliver, period. And the truth is, you know, <laughs> even if I had the capital, I don't know after having gone through this, maybe this is still too raw for me, but I don't know that... Um, it's something I do. So there's that. The other thing is always keep your own thing moving forward. So for me, fortunately, um, there was something in me last year that had the wherewithal to start content creators. What was great is the, it's, sorry, let me try this again. What was great about doing that is that content creators has led to everything good that has happened for me this year. Truly. It's also given me a crystal clear direction for my personal brand. But because I I launched that with the intention to do one thing, and I've talked about this, like, okay, I'll do a, a membership on content. Not totally attached to what that looked like, but I really believe in in building the audience in in the list, the tribe, whatever you want to call it. Because I see so many people, you guys, that jump in and I'm going to hire a coach. I'm going to hire, I'm going to invest in this $2,000 course. This will solve my problems. But the bottom line is, if you're not doing the day-to-day work, which is content, connection, building relationships, growing an audience, who are you going to sell all this brilliance to, right? Unless you've got deep pockets and can hire an ad agency. Because the truth is, if you're not, if, if you're not, in it with paid traffic, then you're going to lose a lot more than it's going to cost you to hire someone who knows how to do it right. So, you know, with content creators last year, I, I there was something in me, I guess, that just trusted that. And it continues to blow my mind with the engagement, the quality of people in that group. You know, there are plenty of groups that have, you know, 20 times as many people, but I'm trusting this process and I've committed. You know, you guys, for the longest time, I used to think, well, I don't want to do a membership. Like that felt like such a big commitment. And here I'm like, 
you've shown up for free consistently in this group right here. It's not commitment. It's my mindset around what it is I'm doing. It's the mindset of how you look at something. Here's a little side example of this. All right, so I've totally gone down the side rabbit hole with ManyChat and chatbots. If you haven't, I will link to it in the show notes. ManyChat has put out a great free course on using messenger marketing and chatbots. And I'm going through it and I'm implementing. Like I'll have the I'll have it open ideally in my office on one monitor while I'm working in it on the other. I've already set a handful of things up. But with with chatbots, I really thought, God, these are obnoxious when they came out. It probably started coming out with Messenger, right, in 2016, where people started using them. 2017, we saw a lot of people jump into it. A lot of people were ridiculously obnoxious. There was a big marketer. I shared this in an email this week that I think he must have sent like eight messages in one day. I'm like, dude, you have got to slow this down. I unsubscribed immediately. And I think what happened, and this is what happens with any marketing channel. So forget thinking that people are being smarmy or pitchy or salesy. These are all individual marketing channels. That's all this is. It's a different methodology for marketing. Marketing, And so it felt really obnoxious to me. So I start watching this course. And the truth is, like, I, I feel like there's sort of a sweet spot, a potential sweet spot for messenger marketing with live streaming. When you're engaging with people, you can do keyword triggered bots, right? Meaning I'm doing a live stream. I'm talking to you guys. I'm like, hey, I've got something special for you. Type creators in the comments. It triggers a bot. I can send you something, whatever, right? Because you're there. The people that are there are like hot prospects, leads, whatever you want to call them. But they're interested in what you have to say. They are invested in the time and energy, right? So I used to look at these as obnoxious. Now that the dust has settled, because all the people that didn't make millions of dollars with bots overnight bailed, most people... I make so many most and all, you guys, excuse my generalization. So I'm just going to do a disclaimer there. But too many people has that too many people, when they don't get an immediate result, decide that something doesn't work instead of, well, did one piece of that work? Anyways, I shifted my mindset about messenger marketing because of this course. Because what differentiates messenger marketing from say, email marketing, is that it's conversational, right? So there's going to be less copy, which I am a huge fan of copywriting, not great at it, but I so admire the skill and the way it works, right? But messenger marketing is more about having a conversation. So it's conversational marketing, because people have to engage. And the bottom line is there are way better click through rates, show up rates, completion rates, all of those things through messenger. So when I started thinking, okay, this is conversational, how can I have a conversation with somebody in a way that I can then segment them, right? This was what lead surveys was all about, guys. It was supposed to be so that I can segment people to have more of a personalized conversation based on what they've told me. So think about it this way. Let's say you have a bot on your page. This is, and I'm strictly referring to messenger marketing with Facebook, but let's say I do a live, like I'm going to be doing the just show up TV, right? So I'm going to do that once a week. So I can tell people, do you want to be notified when we go live? Yes, no, send me a recap, right? So all of a sudden, now I know who to send a broadcast to, who not to, just in this quick thing. And then the recap, like send me a recap with links to replays, 
So then it's like, great, what's your best email? And the beauty of ManyChat, this is totally not where this is supposed to go. I've got to get back on track here. But the beauty of ManyChat is that it'll say, great, is this your best email? It automatically pulls up the Facebook email. The whole point to the ManyChat sideways conversation here is simply that I changed my mindset on it because of how it was presented, right? So at the end of the day, it's it's how you look at things. Your mindset (laughs) will make or break anything, right? So there's that little motivational moment. Um, The other thing, and you guys have heard this before, which you knew I'd have to pull in another quote, right? Is if you've heard this, it's if it is to be, it is up to me. You know, and that isn't a dig at at my partner with lead surveys. It's not a dig at anybody. And I am certainly not an island, right? I want support. I want people around me. I'll be rebuilding a team probably in 2019. But the bottom line is what I want in my life, the quality of life, the type of work I do, that's all on me. It's... I know, you guys, at this point in my life, I know exactly what I want and what I want my life to look like. You know, like I probably don't ever see myself having an office. I've got one year left in suburbia and now it's like this crazy adventure. Like I got a plan, guys. Like, do I want to go to Costa Rica for three months? I've got my dogs, but you know, I'll always have a place in Northern California. But what does that look like to me? I know what I want. So Everything I do in my business has to be in alignment with my life goals and what I want. So again, if it is to be, it is up to me. I also know collaborations, you know, even with content creators, I had a friend working on that and I, you know, that's kind of ended and it's just time. I really feel to get a little esoteric on you guys that the universe is just, the stars are lined up for me and it's time for me to own it. So The other big aha that came out of this for me, um, (laughs) which I would say this is probably more like validation, but I do not want to do anything that involves tech support for people in terms of my business. Let me just say that because I will help friends and family (laughs) all day long. And we're going to get into a little bit of (laughs) my nonsense in my own head, but um, I don't mind doing free tutorials or tips for content, but paid activity, no thanks. You know, this is exactly why I got out of website work last year, you guys, because I don't want to spend my evenings in project management programs, posting tasks for developers and designers, emailing clients in the evening, or stressing out about needing to get back to people. You guys, literally, like my business now, it's just gold, like what I want to do today. And don't get me wrong, there's, there's specific tasks and stuff, but the fact that I get to create content, I get to create programs, I engage in a community I love, I get to show up online in a way that works for me, I get to, my emailing is responding back to personal connections with business, making introductions, following up on something. It, it, it's, I am living what I wanted 10 years ago when I started this, right? So this is, again, one of those things that you trust that everything happens the way it's supposed to, right? But personally, I have this massive resistance when I feel like I have to do something. And the truth is, I finally accepted the fact that that is just who I am. And as much as I'm working on it, it might be something that doesn't get conquered until the next life. (laughs) You know, I could choose to do the exact same thing and it doesn't bother me in the slightest. You know, it's it's kind of funny, guys. Like when I'm talking to you about like technical stuff, I can do it. I love doing it for myself. I like playing with it for the most part. I personally would prefer 
to create content over dink around with tech at this point, but I still do it and it's fun. I love stepping into new stuff. Um, but really like I could, here's a great example. A friend of mine is stepping into Kajabi. I'm like, Hey, I'm all, do you want to hop on a screen share? I can show you how to do this. So we do it. But if someone said, can you, can, can I pay you for a time to do Kajabi? No, I don't want to do that. (laughs) It's just me. You know, I don't know. Maybe it was having spent too many years in retail, you know, feeling like, oh, I had to serve. And it's just, it's weird, you guys. And I would love to know if anybody else feels this way. I love serving my community. I love creating value. I think it's on, it's just my own hangups, truly. It's my own hangups about feeling like I'm the hired help versus the expert or the authority, right? So there's a little glimpse into my brain. Um, But either way, I am so very conscious of what I want to do and what I don't want to do. Fortunately, the things I do want to do are my strengths and it's where I shine. It's truly where I'm most happy. So those are some of the lessons that I learned simply from this, this project. And now that I've gotten to the other side of it, I have some big life lessons for you as well. So let me get a little coffee here and we're going to jump into those. All right. This is some Kim wisdom for you. So take it or leave it. I think it's going to resonate with a lot of you guys though. And if you're reading the post, if you're reading the post as I'm recording, that's the funniest thing. But obviously I'm going to go into more detail in the episode than in the text in the post. So the first thing is that the longer it takes you to trust your gut, the more challenges you're going to get to experience, <laughs> i.e. trust your gut. You know, if if everybody took more time to sit with things before making decisions, if, if we all had the um, wherewithal maybe, but that patience, if we could deploy a little bit more patience before making decisions committing to things and really sit with it and think about how would this look? So, you know, when I was talking earlier about tech support, I found myself falling back into that style of life because I mean, I had, I had given an account of lead surveys to a friend, you know, they're trying to make it work with click funnels. He's pinging me on messenger. We hop on zoom. It's like seven 30 at night. I didn't want to be doing that. But of course, I'm going to do that. Someone's doing me a favor. How could I say no? You know, or someone else is is testing it for me. And so then I've got to log in. I don't want to do that at night. You know, I started, I, I wrote the the bulk of this post last night because I felt inspired to. But my evenings are really mine. <laughs> and I know what type of work I like to do. And so deploy patience, you guys. Trust your gut. If you look back, and I can tell you this, and because hindsight again is 2020, right? How many times have you looked at something that didn't work and you knew, you knew something in you knew, eh, probably shouldn't do this, but you either didn't have the voice to say no. Believe it or not, that has been a huge challenge of me, of mine, um, but you didn't have the voice to say no. It felt like an opportunity, which often those opportunities just mean an opportunity to learn and grow. But there's a lot of things I can look back on. And and the evidence was all there. The evidence was right in front of me that said, you don't need to do this. And but I did that instead of owning, right? And I have to pre-qualify this because that's just who I am, but owning my brilliance. 
Kim, where do you shine? What should you be doing? How can you best serve people? You know, so it's easy to get, I don't know, pulled into those things that we always know really aren't what we want to do, but maybe on paper, it looks like the right answer, right? Another life lesson is that doing the work will always work. May not work as quickly as you want, but it's going to work, you guys. The best example here, I'm going to give you three examples, right? Because these are the three things that have been the biggest differentiators for me in my business. And there's one, one little thing that ties them all together. The podcast, which was started the WordPress podcast in 2013. Email marketing. I was doing, I'm not even going to pre-qualify daily emails, almost daily emails. I stepped it up. I'm finding a rhythm again for what I want that to look like. That was a huge game changer. And then lastly is that Facebook group. And the one thing that ties all of those three things together is consistency. I showed myself that I could be consistent and show up and do the work. And so I didn't have an attachment to the email. This is interesting too. I'm totally having an epiphany right now. Oh my gosh. Guess what else? I was not attached to the outcome of any of those things. I started the podcast because I wanted to have more fun. That the podcast has brought me more income than probably anything else I've done. It's grown my audience, sponsorships, coaching, clients when I was doing client work, truly relationships that are, you know, there's a lot of intangibles there, but I truly started it because I loved, I loved, I was a huge podcast consumer, still am. I loved passive consumption of content. And I thought it would be fun. Like I wanted to be a motivational speaker at one point, guys. Like I spoke at my high school graduation. I love this stuff. So there was that. The email marketing, same thing. It was really a test. I'm like, I want to see if I can do this. I had been watching Ben settle for a year and I thought, I I think I can do this style. I think I'm going to, I wanted to do it just to get better. I wanted to focus on mastery. I had zero attachments to what it did. I did it for myself. And then the same thing with content creators. It was really, I mean, there was an intention behind doing a membership, but it didn't feel right. It didn't, the trigger wasn't pulled. And here I am a year later and I feel like all of the stars have lined up. So, so all three of those things, guys, I just stuck with it and I did the work and could it have happened? Could things have maybe progressed, progressed quicker, gotten somewhere faster, I guess. But again, the beauty of getting older is (laughs) there's no point in even going there. Like I'm feeling really good right now. That was a fun epiphany. Okay. Uh, (laughs) The next life lesson is that I am way more tenacious than I thought. Um, I, I really, I don't know, maybe it's Catholic in me, like feel like I have to explain all these things, but, um, I've got this, you guys, like, I'm not a quitter. And it's okay to say goodbye to things and let them go. I think I've always stuck with this. And I think my life experiences have already proven that to me, right? I mean, I lost my husband at 32, raised my kids on my own and just did it. To me, there was never another option. And so I'm in that, you know, it's the same thing with my business. It's not an option to ever let it go. And I'll tell you, off script again, is, you know, we're going through my family, my great aunt is 87. And we are moving her out of San Francisco, her house is getting worked on and will be sold. It's, 
it's insane, you guys. She's owned it. And so it's going for a huge chunk of change, which is great because she's actually diagnosed with Alzheimer's. We'll be able to take care of memory care, all that good stuff. But let me tell you, (laughs) having gone into San Francisco multiple times, helping my parents who were both born and raised in San Francisco, I was born in San Francisco. It's like this huge part of my family history, right? But you could not pay me to live there or commute there daily. I kid you not. It. I, I look at that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I look at the quality of life and I think, oh my lord, just to know that you know to not have to spend. There are people that spend four to six hours a day, a day, you guys, driving to work. So. I, this is going to work. That's it. <laughs> it's not optional. It's just not optional. And the truth is it has worked. It's taken me a few years to to come to this place, but I trust it. Um, the other life lesson, and this has been a big one for me, is that I am enough. And I, <laughs> I think I might have that mantra, um, affirmation, whatever you want to call it, but it's it's time to own that. And I'm hoping that me sharing that with you guys makes you realize that we all have this stuff. We just, we do. We're all human, which the other side of that is really owning that side of myself. I have so much more empathy and compassion for people than I did 20 years ago. Things were very black and white to me. Even 10 years ago, I was very no nonsense about stuff. And I would way rather choose to deploy kindness and just make the assumption that we're all doing the best we can. Some people, you know, are going to have to struggle with that. And I just, I'm not interested in judging. Moving on. Uh, Most people are rooting for you and the ones who aren't don't matter. Truly, you guys, I just, I, I really believe, like I said, most of us are doing the best we can and the people that aren't rooting for you, because there's always going to be those trolls and haters or whatever, it is so much more about them than it is about you. And here's the other thing that I found as as my mindset shifted around choosing to look for the, the best in people, I don't get a lot of it anymore, right? I won't go into a whole energy and attraction thing, but I believe that how how you show up and how you give here's a, here's the best analogy another therapist quote was you know people are going to hit the ball based on how you serve it so if you serve negativity they're going to throw neg- they're going to hit negativity right back at you right so there's that um it's also time for me to be more selective of the people in my life you know so i had another experience recently with a friend that I care about and wish nothing for the best. But I look back, I had a couple other friendships last year that, you know, they, I'm not going to say they went sideways. It was just time. It was just time. It's too important for me to live the life that I want to live. And I don't, I do not have room for negativity, for victimhood, for wallowing, we each have our own journey. And so it's not to bail on people. That's not who I am. But when it doesn't, when it takes more away from my life than it's giving, it's time to move on. So I need to spend more time with people who are where I want to be, not where I've been. And, you know, a friend of mine asked me recently, she said, do you think 
because some of these friendships, it's like I was always trying to pull these people up. And I'm not like patting myself on the back, guys. But it's that publish, produce, stop talking about it thing, right? And that's always where I'm like, okay. And these are people I've known for 10 years. And they're in the exact same position they were when I met them because they will not produce the work. Stop talking, planning, purchasing, hiring. (laughs) Do the work. Anyways, um, but she said, do you think that some of those friendships were because you felt better about yourself because you were always doing more than them? And I said, no, not at all, because I genuinely care and I still care about these people. It was more about thinking I wasn't good enough to play at a higher level, if that makes sense. Um, Another life lesson is that moving on can be as simple as choosing to move on. It is the hardest nut to swallow that it's that simple guys, but it really is. Doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean it it feels doable and it's going to be fun. But once you make that choice and you own it, you're going to find that it quickly pulls the fire out of the ego piece of this, right? That as soon as you say, lead surveys, I, I will always care about him. I know that that he's a good person. And, and I just hope that life goes the way he wants, period. I, you know, so all of a sudden it's like, how can you, how could I, how could I be angry? And, and again, owning my responsibility and all this, but it just deflates it so quickly. And the other thing, and this is totally a Gary V thing is letting go of expectations. I expect nothing from anybody. Now that is the <laughs> altruistic person that, that wants to be super wise, right? Do I expect things of people in my life? Yeah. I mean, I'm human. I mean, I expect my kids to be responsible, good people, you know, but at the same time, this is their journey. They're going to have their own lessons to learn. Um, So really it's like, if, if I believe, think about it this way, you guys, if you believe that people are doing the best they can, then what's the point in expecting something of somebody else? You set yourself up for failure. You set them up for failure. And who are we to decide how people should move through their own lives? Truly, I believe that. So, all right. Wow, this is going in all kinds of fun directions. And you guys, if you like this type of a show, there's a whole lot more of this in me. So let me know because I I find value in the sort of shared, raw, real, vulnerable experiences that we all go through. So let me know. So so what's coming, right? What is next for Kim Doyle? Um, literally, guys, I am going to double down, go all in on everything content marketing related. I'm going to go all in with the personal brand. The WordPress chick is still up. Um, I just want to double check some redirects and, and do a few little things, but I think I will, I will, the interim will be a landing page that says, Hey, if you've come here, here, go here. And then it'll just forward at a certain point. Um, but this past year has just been an amazing journey as I focused on growing content creators (laughs) I just fell more in love with content marketing, period. The creation process, the methods, different strategies, the ability to connect and create relationships through content marketing, the tools. We know I love my tools, all of it. This really, guys, I feel like this is where everything has brought me here. This is my sweet spot on the web, uh, and I'm ready to own it. I am going all in. So here are some of the things that I'm working on. And you're going to see these come out consistently sort of, how do I want to say this? Um, not 
concurrently. I don't know. I'm looking for a word that's just escaped my mind. But these will all get rolled out starting in July. Excuse me. And actually, one will be probably next week. So I'm bringing coaching back. You guys, This like I can't tell you how excited I am. The fact that, wow, so all of my time, this is what I get to do, right? This is when <laughs> anybody who has client work, I want you to picture what you would do in your business if you didn't have the client work, if there's something else you like doing. That's what I get to do now. So bringing the coaching back. There's only two types of coaching that I see myself doing. A one-off clarity session where it's like a deep dive. And how that works is it's 90 minutes. You've got uh, something to answer. I've got a form that you go through and you fill out. I go through, I look at your stuff based on what you've told me, your challenges are blah, blah, blah. We hop on probably Zoom at this point. It tends to be more reliable than Skype. A 90-minute recorded session. I will map stuff out for you while we're on the call. We do this together. Obviously, you get whatever we create together and you get the recording. I may or may not do like a 30-minute follow-up if you want a deadline, but you have to commit to doing the work in between and then we'll do a check-in, right? So if you do the work, you get another call within, say, a month. So uh, there's going to be one-off clarity sessions or a three-month program. I, I have found that in the different times that I've done coaching, anything that goes beyond three months, um, I don't know. I like the idea of a 90-day plan. And I think anything beyond three months tends to be like a check-in. And it's way too easy to become like the motivator, the coach, right? Without having work get done. And I, as much as I love this motivational stuff, guys, because I believe in it, <laughs> I still see my therapist 15 years later. What about Bob? But she holds me to task when I don't get stuff done, right? So that's why that's why that relationship continues. But for the most part, I don't want to work with people if it's just having a coach and there's excuses. So I find that a three-month window works really good. So I'm also going to do a mastermind elite program, which is only going to be six weeks long, where and all of these, like the mastermind elite program, it's me live. I'm not interested in... in getting all this automation up that doesn't include, I'm like, this is what I do. This is my business. Why wouldn't I show up? Right. So, um, a mastermind elite program, I'm playing with how to structure it. It'll be a six week program. There will be content and training in Kajabi. Everything lives in Kajabi for me. And then live calls and maybe some hot spots, hot spots, hot, <laughs> hot seats. I haven't totally decided. Um, and I'm going to be launching a membership on content marketing. So how that'll work. And it's going to be low end 37, 47 bucks, but I will do one new training a month. I will have one expert come in for one training a month. And then I'm going to do a private audio more to this kind of conversation and, and how it, how it ties into digital marketing and content marketing and, and growing a business and whatnot. So that the membership, the community will be shaped by the members. And so I'm, I haven't totally decided on the price point yet. And I'm in it for the long haul guys, I will be setting up processes. So a lot of what I do drives people into that. And if you want to think about that value ladder, I know Russell Brunson talks about this, uh, but where you've got an entry point and then there's a way to work further. There's a way to, you know, you can keep stepping up that ladder. Um, I'm definitely going to do another content summit, a virtual summit online in the fall. I'm probably September, but I think it's going to focus on traffic and promotion. So there's those pieces. I've got a lot of other stuff for, um, you know, the how to and the what, but it'll definitely focus on traffic and promotion. So I'm going to look at probably having some sponsors for that as well. 
you know, you guys probably watched this if you've been listening since I was uh, in the WordPress space, is that I really established some fun relationships with companies and stuff. So now I'm going to do that with, with companies that support content marketing, right? So same thing. So I'll be doing that. Um, and I'm going to go into the next summit with a much higher expectation for someone who just said they're not going to have any expectations, but really more of a contract and an agreement for speakers, um, learned that lesson the hard way too. So that'll be coming in September. Um, weekend retreats. I don't know that that's going to happen this year, but here, here's my vision of this, right? And again, anybody who, if this sounds appealing to you, please let me know. I appreciate any feedback on any of these, but this is what I picture for a weekend retreat, right? And, and as someone who has participated in masterminds with events and weekends, um, they have been very, I don't know, masculine for lack of a better term. And I had a ton of fun and learned a bunch. However, I also want people, if you're going to invest, because these will be expensive, I don't mean like 20 grand or anything, but you know, this is something that I want you to walk away. So here's my, here's my vision. It would be a private weekend, 10 to 12 people. So there's going to be some mastermind, right? But so let's say it's a three day. This is, this is again, just my vision of this first day. It's really dialing in what people do, who they are, where they need help, what their struggles are, their challenges, et cetera, right? Because the other benefit of these small sort of intimate weekends is the relationships. I'll tell you, that's the best thing I got out of spending as much money as I did in that mastermind was really great relationships and friendships, you know, a few years later that I can call on um, and I've got great connections. So that's a piece of it. But because everything is content marketing, here's the plan. So you come, we, we, we mastermind, we connect, we get that stuff figured out. Then maybe, you know, after lunch, it's like, we start mapping out. What does this look like? Can we produce 10 videos, whatever. Then, because it's going to be in a great location, my first goal is Lake Tahoe. Uh, it's just friggin' beautiful up there. It's also close enough that I can drive to so that I can check. Like I want to get like a private house, like an amazing house for a weekend. Um, and I want to check out stuff, talk to the property management people, that stuff. Um, but my daughter, who is a film student, so we come, we shoot 10 videos with you that weekend. And we're talking three to five minutes. So we work with you, we shoot video, you get the video done. Then we plan out how we can take that those videos and do more, right? Can We're going to take photos. We'll do audio recordings. I want people to leave with tangible things that they can then go just hit the ground running. So they feel connected. They feel inspired. They've gotten the work done. And then, you know, I don't, as much as I like cool adventures, I'm thinking more like then you have a chef come in and do dinner one night. You go out to a night rest, nice restaurant one night. Um, I'm more about like having massage therapists bring <laughs> massage chairs in. Um, but, you know, maybe doing an outing or something. But for the most part, it's really about connections, getting work done, you know, getting that, I don't know, that that reinvigorated, oh, I've got this. And it's so much easier to see things in your own business when you've got other eyes on it, right? So that's sort of my vision for weekend retreats. I see that in 2019. Um, something else I'm playing with for 2019, and I'd love your feedback on this, is a physical content planner. There's a lot of journals and productivity systems out there. And, you know, with with what I'm doing with the, I have a new free course coming out. 
It's called Content Traffic Kickstarter. Um, and, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. But is I think with content planning, I still love writing. You guys, I always will. You know, I've got colored pens. I owned a scrapbook store for heaven's sakes. Like I love that stuff. But an actual content planner that was specific, you know, undated, but really helped you. All your checklists are in there, a calendar's in there, all of that stuff, because I've yet to see something online that I love. Yeah, there's there's scheduling calendars, but I don't know. So I'm thinking about a physical content planner. I'm not totally sure where to start with that. So I'm just starting to have some fun and research it and would probably do a Kickstarter. Um, but yeah, I'm playing with that. And then lastly, and certainly, you know, not least, is growing content creators and continuing to provide as much value as I can. It's just, it's totally my happy place. It is totally my happy place. And shout out to Lorraine McNulty, who is a new moderator in the group for me. Um, Lorraine is just a spicy, brilliant, amazing woman. So I, if if you're a member, say hello to to Lorraine, Uh, jump in and she's brilliant at what she does. Uh, So winding down here, the content traffic Kickstarter should be live next week. I was hoping it would have been live today. I've just got to finish up some worksheets And this is a six module course with five lessons in each section. A lot of this is mindset on in terms of how to start thinking about content, context matters, where you're publishing what I give examples, there's some screencasts, there's worksheets. um, And that will get reshaped as I get feedback on that. That will definitely become my primary lead magnet. Because of where I'm going, I thought I need to totally over-deliver on something that pulls the right people to me for the right work that I'm doing. So there's that. And again, I've been diving heavily into many chat and messenger marketing. I've been friggin' having a ball. I will be getting the one of the founders of ManyChat on the podcast, so stay tuned for that. Um, and I have another, <laughs> I interviewed Matt Staten and Matt Timms. Was that, God, that was just on Monday of this week. Holy moly. Where's the time going? about their Facebook group, Botpreneurs, and they got me really excited about it. So they're doing a lot of teaching and educating. Uh, ManyChat is a platform I love using. So it's, it's, I'm so excited, you guys. I just feel really good, uh, you know, now that gotten to the side of it. The bottom line is I've accepted the fact that there will always be people who know more and do more, but there will always be people who know and do less, right? So I am committed to hashtag just showing up and a new goal for my, for mine, for me is to get as many people to show up as I can. I don't know what that look like, looks like. It may be, you know, my goal is between now and December 31st of 2018, I get a thousand people to tell me that they have hashtag just shown up and what it's done for them. Dang, that's fun. I got to think of something. I think we got to do a challenge. Hmm. I don't know what that looks like, but there's going to have to be swag. That's all I know. Oh, I think that is swag store to to the site too. My everything is content. Just show up some t-shirts. I don't know. I love all that stuff. I'm a geek. But anyways, there you have it, guys. That is my, you know, in many ways, uh, lead surveys was over before it started. But holy moly, with the life lessons, the experiences, what I've learned, who I've become in the process, and where I'm at. I am truly, truly grateful for all of it and wish him nothing but the best. On that note, I got to get this thing published. Post is done. It's Friday. I got to get this out. I love you guys tons. If you haven't left a review in Apple Podcasts, please, 
please do that. I would be greatly appreciative. And stay tuned next week for I have the founder of Storito. Storito Storito.com is a tool I use to add animated stories on my desktop to Instagram. I dig it. And I know there's so much more it can do. We'll definitely have to play with that a little bit more, but that will be coming next week. So you guys have a fantastic rest of your day, evening, morning, wherever you're at. Again, I love you tons. If you've not joined us in content creators, uh, what are you waiting for? Uh, it's it's uh, content creators group. You can search it on Facebook. It'll be linked in the show notes. And that's it. That's all I got. I'm going to finish this coffee, get this thing produced. And here is to another wonderful day. Peace out, guys.